0: And welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims and I'm Reagan Kempton and we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. We are back, Reagan. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, I'm good. Just uh, we're welcoming in winter in Colorado today. So uh, it's a little bit snowy, a little bit cold, but kind of, I like it, like, I don't know. I like dark days sometimes. We don't have a lot of them.
0: I'm all right with shitty days if I just get to stay in and drink tea and kind of get on with stuff, Um, which obviously now in 2020 is basically what we're all doing. But you know, in, in the olden days when we could go out and do stuff, obviously they were less interesting. But we just, when we get snow, you lived in England for six years. When yeah. we get snow in England, it's like a fucking event.
1: It's <laughs> Everything like, shuts down.
0: <laughs> ev- it's like everybody, it's all anybody talks about on social media, in real life, on the news. I mean, it blows my mind how wigged out we get when it comes to snow. Whereas you're like, May, yeah, it snowed today, October, yeah. snowing again.
1: Yeah. No biggie. It is what it is. But I feel like the UK in general is very weather obsessed. Like that part of the stereotype of the people of Britain is very spot odd. Like the weather is a big topic.
0: Do you know why though? This is, I've realized this, like it's, it, it, you don't talk about the weather in LA because in LA, the weather's always the, the same. same yeah, right? And even for you, even for you guys, it's, but it's fairly seasonally um appropriate you do get you get good summers and you get cold winters whereas in england (laughs) you can wake up on december the 11th and somebody's like oh it's 21 degrees today you're like what the fuck and you can wake up in august and it's like there's a frost so yeah it's just i think it's quite anxiety inducing for us all you know we never know (laughs) what we're gonna get so we talk it out we talk it through And we work it out that way. That's why we always end up with a little bit of a weather corner on TV my husband hates.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, to be fair, in Colorado, it is the kind of the same way. You can wake up and it can feel summer and then it can move into fall and then it could be snowing by the evening. You can just have them all in one day.
0: But I feel like at least you have like the extremes, whereas we just have this constant middling of shit with the occasional extreme. (laughs) you know that's true it's really hot we've got a heat wave or it's really cold I remember
1: yeah I remember living in the UK and I got really tired of the rain and then I moved here and I really miss the rain like we don't have rainy days like big rainy days and I really miss them because they're always like for me here they're always a day where I can just like stop doing shit and just chill out whereas I feel like when it's sunny all the time you feel like you have to be out you have to be doing everything and like That gets old real fast. I could never live in LA.
0: Oh my God, I'd love to live in LA. But...
1: No, um, I I need down days.
0: I'm just wondering (laughs) how how everybody who's listening is is feeling about our weather chat that, you know... There you go. We've deep dived into weather straight off the bat. We did. (laughs) Um, Other than that, uh, things are, you know, the same old, same old. We're still battling through... I don't even know what we're battling through in the UK anymore. I genuinely don't know. I don't know whether COVID's here. It's not here. I don't know what, who lives where and what you can do and who you can see and who you can't. It's batshit crazy. But regardless, we are here to be doing our reality TV chat no matter we what. We are.
1: We are. Uh, a quick, uh, just, you know, a date to pencil in. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is premiering November 11th, so we've got that coming up. Next week, we are actually adding a new show to the lineup, one that I have been a diehard fan of for many seasons, but I just turned cat on to it, and Southern Charm starts the 29th of October. So if you have not watched Southern Charm, you need to get on it.
0: I absolutely binged. <laughs> six episodes six seasons is it we're going into season seven now? I big think so yeah I've literally I don't think I really spoke to my husband or my kids for probably about two weeks. I did it all in two weeks and I loved it um I loved it for its entertainment value cannot wait to start talking about it. I think there's lots of really interesting stuff to talk about in the same way I think Salt Lake City is gonna bring us so much chat.
1: I hope so. I hope so. I'm excited for both of the... I'm excited for the new season of Southern Charm. I'm excited for a new Housewives season. It's been a while because I feel like Dallas and Potomac were kind of the newest ones that came up and they've been out for a while now. So this is kind of a... It's nice to have a new city and new culture and we'll see.
0: Well, Dallas should be back soon, shouldn't it?
1: It should. I haven't heard anything about it though yet. I, we'll
0: I do mean, some thing.
1: Yeah, they're already filming... The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for the next season.
0: I think I've Dallas might that. be around the corner. We should check that out. Yeah. Um, also, in other housekeeping, rate and review, please. Thank you very much. I'm just going to leave it there. Do <laughs> uh, you know you get to a point where you're like, I feel like I've said it a million times, but if I don't say I it, you know. Yeah, you, uh,
1: people don't do it.
0: So get know, on there. It.
1: Yeah. Review us, please.
0: Thanks. Uh, And (laughs) with that in mind, shall we get on with our first show of the week, which is, of course, The Real Housewives of Potomac. And um, I mean, listen, the controversy continues, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, the the Ashley and Michael thing, I find fascinating because I feel like we're all probably a little over Michael cheating on Ashley and being kind of just generally a dickhead. But this one seems a little more interesting to me because I feel like we're seeing a stronger Ashley and I feel like she's really pushing him to kind of resolve some of this shit.
0: Well, I agree. And I feel like this recent transgression of Michael's has really been, I think Ashley's made it extremely clear that this is absolutely the final straw and i think we now know which we didn't really know before that there were certain gray areas right before in terms of his indiscretion which you know there's absolutely no judgment but they were slightly more open and free and doing all of that sort of stuff so now she's made it very clear that this is the new situation so she's got some power in this relationship but i put on stories uh with the polls asking whether people thought that the Michael we saw in the therapy session with Ashley was actually a more honest Michael than we've seen before, a more open, vulnerable Michael. Everybody was overwhelmingly no, he's the same douchebag, but I actually thought we started to see some real Michael there.
1: I absolutely agree. So maybe I was like one of the only people that were like, yes. And I actually really appreciated it because I think... You know, I think on the whole, when people have new babies, we on the whole talk about the mother's health. We don't really talk a lot about how the men feel. Fair enough, because they haven't hoofed a human out. But at the same time, I do think Michael brings up some like, you know, real feelings and real issues that he feels. Like he does feel like having a baby has taken all the fun out of their life. And I mean... I I understand that. He's
0: not wrong. No. Not wrong. <laughs> they do suck the fun out of your life. And and he's in his like late 40s, maybe early 50s. I don't even know. Oh but yeah,
1: I thought he was way older than that. I thought he was like is. in his mid 50s.
0: But he that's a long time to have been living with really uh, only you to t- to worry about. So this, a kid dropping into your life, we all know how seismic that is. And just because he's not the mother, I think you're right. right. We sometimes underestimate the impact it has on fathers. And yes, there is slightly less sympathy because he's, he's annoyed you he can't go off and have threesomes. <laughs> right. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not feeling overwhelmingly sorry for him. But right. it is still a transition. And that's still is an issue but what i really loved was when we compare this couple's therapy session which i felt was honest and i felt that walls were dropped to the ray and karen therapy session that we saw earlier like i have to give michael more credit than karen for how yes. they managed these therapy sessions
1: i totally agree i feel like we did really see michael open up and be a little self-reflective on maybe why he's feeling these ways and opening about his dad and the alcoholism and and the way he's felt love before. I think that's a really in, that's really interesting stuff. I'm glad he's looking at himself in terms of that way. I mean, Karen was not self-reflective at all. She feels the I mean, the what I took away from Karen and Ray's first therapy session was she feels like the problem solely relies on Ray and she doesn't need to do any work and that's never the case.
0: No, it's absolutely never the case. Even if you're, you know, a saint, it's still never the case. You still have a role to play in therapy. And I agree. I think that she wanted therapy so that Ray could do all the work and come to her and basically start agreeing with her, which is not therapy. Um, But I really, and I, I wonder if it's because obviously Jimmy and I have sat through countless very painful couples therapy sessions at times, but I really... And I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth.
1: <laughs>
0: I really respected Michael for going in and taking that seriously because I don't think that's easy for men. I don't think it's easy for men of a certain age. I don't think it's easy for men who have lived basically by their own rules for their entire life. I certainly don't think it's easy for men who have had difficult childhood. So I don't know what happened with his dad. I mean, I know there's issues of drinking and stuff, but yeah. there's part of me that can see that maybe there's a Michael that we don't see that Ashley does see.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think there's definitely sides to people that we don't see in these shows. I mean, there has to be, right? Like we're not one dimensional people. Um, And I think that will be very interesting if we end up seeing Michael kind of be very self-reflective on this show and see how that changes his interactions with people. Yeah. I don't know. I
0: agree. Well, and I hope I don't know if the thing is, I don't know if it'll go that far. I think right, right. I think he's happy to do it in therapy or not happy, but I think he sees necessity of doing yeah. it in therapy. I don't know if that's going to feed through into his relationships with the people in the show. And I don't know whether it really needs, you know, whether it really yeah. needs to, like, it, it, I don't know how hard the shit that he needs to deal with is. Right. But, um, but it was the first time ever in the history of Potomac that I didn't want to skin Michael and drop him in a jar of vinegar.
1: Absolutely. It's probably the first time I actually was like, you know what? I really do hope that they can get to a place where their relationship works versus like, fuck it, Ashley, leave the man. Because that's I been guess, my prior things.
0: Me too. And I guess the thing is, and this is the thing I always have to keep in my mind and I am guilty of forgetting it, is that we're not born dickheads. Right. Right? Right. Everybody who is a dickhead or who has a tendency to behave like like a dickhead every now and again, it comes from a place of pain or hurt or trauma or insecurity, right? It's something that is built into us. Yeah, You know, we're given that kind of pain and that comes out in dickhead-ish ways. So I have to keep reminding myself, and I think it was a good illustration when I saw Michael, that actually he's not just a through-and-through wanker. He is a nuanced human with... A variety of different experiences and some trauma and negative shit that makes him the way that he is.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think dickheads are made, not born, right? Like, 100%. So you got to deal with what makes you a dickhead versus just not being a dickhead.
0: A hundred percent. And also, um, oh, I've done that thing where I've forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> That's it all right. It was good, though. i sure comes it was to me. It was. Yeah. It was. It yeah. It was, but you'll just have to wait. Um so I, I, I felt hopeful about this and I also have to have empathy. I've remembered what I was gonna say. The problem with being with having empathy and you know being empathetic is that you, you feel sorry for assholes as well, right? That's Right, right. That's the kind of downside to it. And I really felt sorry for Michael. Um But his fat. I mean Ashley's family is not understandably not as convinced.
1: No, I mean, I think they're team Ashley all the way. And I think in that situation, that's exactly what you'd expect them to be. And I think, you know, all of the shit that Michael has done, like they're going to have to see it in actions versus like, oh, we had a great therapy session. Like that's fantastic, but... We're going to reserve judgment until we actually see some change. and Because
0: I think her uncle says he needs to come and speak to me. And yeah. she's like, oh, guys, like, really? And I was like, and I thought about yeah. that. And was like, yeah, it's mortifying. But fuck me. If my if husband cheated on me, I guarantee my dad would want to have a word with him. Like, and Absolutely. he would deserve that. And if just suck it up and just get on with it and do the right thing. Well, because ultimately, you're an
1: entire family, right? Like, Michael's actions haven't just impacted Ashley. They impact Dean. They impact Ashley. They impact her parents. Because, I mean, essentially, her uncle is her father figure. Like, they impact a lot of people. And, you know, you got to kind of sometimes just take it on the chin to, like, start healing, right? Like, you got to own up to your shit. As embarrassing and mortifying it is, you fucking did it. And that's hard. But at the same time... You know, that's how you move on, right?
0: Yeah, I feel quite hopeful. And I hope, well, obviously we know they're still together. Um, She's just announced her second pregnancy. So we will see. Clearly Michael got on board with the baby thing well enough, figured it out well enough to go for it a second time. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Or maybe he just suffered from what we all suffer from, which apparently is fucking amnesia, because otherwise why the (laughs) hell would he do it twice? Um, But let's move on to the other couple, the Ray and Karens of Potomac. Oh, yes.
1: Um, I feel like I'm liking Ray more and more and not liking Karen
0: more and more. Yeah, me too. Because I feel like... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say... No, you go go ahead. I interrupted you. Um, Because I feel like...
1: (sighs) I feel like Ray does want to grow together, but I feel like Karen is not... Karen's not meeting him halfway on this. Like, I feel like Karen is not being understanding of where he's coming from and what he's feeling. He wants to be right there with her, but like, it's going to take some time. And I don't think she's being super sensitive to that. Like, I just think she just wants him to get on board and like fucking not even deal with
0: the shit. If that makes sense. Well, it's like they're on a bridge, right? And they're at either side of the bridge and Ray's, walked to the middle of the bridge and all he's doing is waiting for her to walk to the middle of the bridge to meet him and she's not doing that because like you said in in our chat with ashley and michael as far as karen's concerned she's right like she doesn't have anything to own she hasn't been doing anything wrong and and listen i can appreciate that because i've been there and it is hard it is it is easy to focus on all the shit that the other person is doing wrong and believe and tell yourself that that is the root of the problems in your marriage. Right. Um, but that's not the reality. The reality is it's both of you and he could say exactly the same thing about me. And she has to start hearing it because I think she has a point. I do think Ray probably suffered with insecurity at her growth and her fame and all the rest of it, success. But I also think that she, it has gone to her head and she has distanced herself and and not kept him in mind. And that's the conversation, that's the half of the conversation that's missing.
1: I totally agree. I don't necessarily like my me saying I'm agreeing with Ray more and more doesn't mean that I feel that Karen is not in the right. Like she definitely has the right in the space. To grow and change and, you know, pursue all these great business opportunities that are there for her to pursue. Because ultimately, she is 20 years younger than Ray. Like, she still has, like, earning potential. And I think that's all okay. But she does need to realize that, like, she needs to kind of bring him along and keep him in mind and, you know... Maybe, yes, occasionally cook for him. Like, do you know, like, it's a give and take, right? Like, if you want him to get here, you have to give a little bit to bring him up to speed, almost.
0: Of course you do. And it's and that's, I think, the very hardest thing about marriage is recognizing that that's always, like, every single day you yeah. have to wake up and make that commitment to bring them along with you. You can't just go off on your own tangent. And that's frustrating and annoying at times. And it doesn't mean to say that you can't go off and do your own thing and be successful. But you might have to make a few compromises along the way because you can't just do it by yourself. And I think that's what she's struggling with. And I think we've all been there. And I hope that they figure it out because I love that Ray gets it. And I think that Ray's patient enough to probably wait for her to figure it out. She's never going to leave him. I don't no. think she would. No. Um. So I think they'll figure it out, but I think Karen has a little bit more self-reflection to do.
1: For sure. And I was kind of hoping that trip home would kind of help her make that because she doesn't come from, you know, no. fancy fame and fortune. So I was hoping maybe that would start planting the seed that she kind of maybe just needs to get back to her roots a little bit and like, help ray come along
0: yeah well we'll see i mean i think they'll be f- i think they're gonna yeah. be good that's my prediction me
1: too i would agree can, with that i don't think either predict. one of them are gonna leave the other one
0: no now let's move on to the big rumbling storyline of aggression and pain and criminal charges uh candace oh, versus monique and the and and all of that stuff
1: yeah so um in this episode we we see like confirmation that Candace has charged Monique with second degree assault and all the ladies find out on all the blogs on their way to the sip and see, because I feel like that's how everything is revealed on the real housewives. They always get the information right before they have an event to go to. So Doesn't ever really bode well for the event. I feel kind of sorry for Wendy and Eddie that it's going to happen during their sip and see, but... um, Can
0: I ask you a question about the blogs? Is there ever... You know how they're all like, oh, Monique did this and blah, blah, blah. Does anybody ever think maybe it's the producers of the show that kind of feed some shit to the blogs too? I don't know if they're allowed to. I mean, I don't know if they're allowed to, but I don't know if, like, it's a question... I mean, I I don't know. I just think surely it's great for the show if loads of blogs are talking about it.
1: For sure. I mean, also, there are a shit ton of Real Housewives blogs out there, I mean, that really focus on the gossip of the issues and things like that, which we're not super... I mean, they're in. They really it's care. entertaining, but I, I mean, I don't read those blogs. Like, I don't have time to read those blogs. It's, it's too much. We're
0: also, we're also a little bit too narcissistic. We, we don't want to yeah. talk about other people. We want to no. talk about our <laughs> fucking views <future> and shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think. I mean, I don't put it past like. I don't know if I think it's the producers of the show as much as like each of the housewives' little like teams. Yeah, I feel like those are the ones that put it out.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that too. I just thought it's very convenient that it happens on the way to the Sip and See that they all get these. That they yeah. all get these. so maybe they have something to do with the timing. Maybe it's like, guys, if you could drop it on this day around this time, that would. Right. Be great. I know you've got this info. If you could drop it, then <laughs> it would be awesome. Or it's just a know. part
1: of the show. Like, they've actually all heard about it beforehand, but this is the next time they're getting together, so they're all talking about it. It could be as easily explained as that.
0: It could be. I just like a conspiracy theory. Um, yeah. I'll go get my tinfoil hat. But in the meantime, let's talk about this Candace thing, because she has, she has dinner with Clifton, her buddy yeah. from university, and um, make no bones about it, Candace is pissed now.
1: Yeah. And I mean... I'm I'm going to be really honest with you. I think had Monique not gone to social media and started talking all this shit about her, I think Candace would have just left it. Like, I don't think she would have pressed charges. I think there would have been a conversation, but I don't think she'd be as angry as she is now about it. But I feel like, you know, Monique is poking the bear a little bit. And so Candace kind of fights back the way she can, which is pressing charges against her.
0: Well, I think Candice, Candice's mum is also poking. Like, as much yeah. here's the thing with Candice's mum, right? She's distanced herself from it for from her f- for all the right reasons, because as a mum, Candace's mum sucks. Yeah, but as a kind of litigatory do you know I, that's not a word but do you know what i mean as somebody yeah in this kind of situation candace's mum comes into her own because she loves the confrontation she loves being right when somebody else is wrong and i think she's fired candace up as well and i think in candace's need to kind of have some good relationship with her mum, she's kind of taking her lead on this a little bit and i've there was lots of crazy shit going on there yeah. um but when clifton asks her she's like yeah, I mean, I'm going for this to the fullest extent of the law.
1: Yeah, which I think is, I, I don't know if I, I mean, we talked about this last week. Like, I don't know if I would get the law involved in like, I don't know. I don't know what I would I,
0: I almost certainly wouldn't. I almost yeah. know for sure that I wouldn't. I'd be pissed and angry, but I, I wouldn't get the law involved. But I understand why somebody might if you didn't get an apology and you heard that they weren't remorseful and they were just bragging about it on social media.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I don't think that was a smart move on Monique's behalf. I think that came still from the very turned off, angry Monique and not the self-aware Monique that we saw chatting with the pastor last week.
0: Yeah. And also, let's be fair, Candice has really, bless her cotton socks, has really held in and kind of tempered her reactive crazy absolutely so there is a part of me that's like she's really held a lot in and she's reacted really beautifully in a lot of ways maybe now this is like some of that coming out
1: yeah and i think we see that when she starts chatting um because ashley really kind of stands up for monique at the sip and see and i think we see a little bit of the old candace come out and chris shuts that shit down real quick (laughs) chris like we're not having this you need to calm down. And then, actually, like him just saying that, like she, you know, we see her calm down. We see her chat a lot more calmly to Ashley, really trying to explain where she's coming from. But I mean, make no bones about it. Like, Candace wants Monique to go to jail. Like, she wants everything to happen. And I think that was a little bit shocking for the ladies because they're like, we don't want her to go to jail. And she was like, oh, we don't. And it's like, I what? So that was
0: but it's hard as well because she's cl- like in the same way that Monique is off, is like not in her right mind when she does the act. I feel like Candace is now not quite in her right mind. Like she's been riled up by Monique on social media. She's been riled up by a mom. And I feel like there's a lot. And I do think she's got a certain amount of not tra- well, trauma-ish yeah, yeah. trauma from your friend bashing your head on the table. You know, I think that there's a lot that's combined to send her a little bit extreme
1: well and the loss of her friendship like we saw her that chat with the therapist and i mean we need to keep in mind that like candace thought monique was like one of her best friends yeah so she's also dealing with that which i think is not making her necessarily act you know super logically and i mean because who wants to send a mom of like three kids to jail like, nobody also, really wants Nobody,
0: that. nobody. And I don't think Candace does as well. I think that in her right mind, she wouldn't yeah. do that. But like, you made a really good point in pre-production where there was something about how, you know, let the courts, let the law courts deal with it. And you said something about, well, that's all very well and good. But actually, this is a legal system that we know is it's biased fucked. against African Americans. So this yeah. is not necessarily justice doing its thing. Not at
1: all. I mean, I think this is the furthest thing from justice, really. I mean, you know, we've got mandatory minimum sentencing. So, like, I didn't even look it up. But if you look at, I think they talk about it in the episode, if you look at, like, the sentence requirements for second-degree assault, like, I think it's up to 10 years. And it's like, so you want to put this in the hands of that system? Like, no, ma'am.
0: That's not a good idea. And also, you know, public figures going up against that, people feel they need to make examples of them. And it's. I think Candace needs to be really careful about where it goes. And I actually haven't done any research. I don't know where this goes. I don't know how far she takes it.
1: I've done a little research, and I feel like I've read that ultimately the the charges are dropped, so okay. th- it doesn't go to court. But at the same time, like that's not kind of what we're seeing. You know, to yeah, stay current no. with the show, that's not what we're seeing right now.
0: Um. Okay. Well. Listen. This is going to rumble on because I feel like this is going to be a chasm down the ho- de- between the cast throughout the rest of this season.
1: Absolutely. And before we get off of Potomac, let's talk about um, Eddie and Wendy and their sip and E because I think like you know there's a lot of family strife, um, particularly in Eddie's family, but between Wendy and Eddie's family so we see what we see Eddie text his mom about the sip and see like the day before and share it around. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I got, really, go ahead.
0: I was gonna say, I feel really bad for them both. Cause that's a crappy situation to be in and you know, to be in the middle of it and know that you can't make it right. And you've got young kids and there's all of this stuff going on. And there is part of me or well, not part of me. There's a lot of me that is like, these two grandmothers need to fucking get over themselves and pull their shit together.
1: Fuck yes. It all resides in these grandmothers. Like, that's the whole rift. It's between these two very strong women. They need to just sit their asses down and have a chat about it because one of them is missing out on a lot. Like, that bond between, like, grandchild and grandparent is pretty strong and it doesn't last a long time. So it's not like you have no. ages to cultivate this relationship. In my experience, if you don't cultivate the relationship while they're young, you don't have one when you're older. So it doesn't matter. And the kids
0: are missing out as well. Yeah. That, you know, the kids are missing out. They, The more grandparents you can have, the better. And it is a shame. And it's hard because it's not even Wendy and Eddie's fault. I think they both in a perfect world would love their families to get on. So I feel like I want to knock these old, Ladies' heads together, get them to sit down and fucking sort this shit out because it's so self absorbed to just. Uh,
1: I got make, so teary. Put the whole
0: family through this.
1: Yeah. I got so teary when Eddie was talking about like having the conversation with his boys about like his beard and how then the boys oh, were like, oh, did no. your daddy have a beard too? And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, I felt very like I lost a really close grandfather to myself earlier this year and i mean he was my single grandpa who took me to do all the fun shit and was amazing and i think i had different feelings about things before he passed away he's probably the closest person i've ever had pass away to me and i feel like once that happens when someone you have a very close direct relationship with dies this shit is bullshit
0: nobody's around here forever
1: fucking let it go. Like, who cares? Have these amazing connections and then move on. Like, this is bullshit.
0: No, I hear you. And yeah, I mean, it's just sad. It's sad to see a family kind of, because it's always there, right? It's always lingering whenever they have a big event or even, you know, whenever Billy or Bo comes home and they've received a card that says excellent contributions to the cost or whatever it is. You know, we yeah. call the grandparents and we take pictures and we send it to them. And to know that every time that happens, this is gonna be an issue is just really sad.
1: Yeah. No, it it makes no sense to me. Um my kids' relationships with their grandparents are very, very important to me. And, you know, it's just one of those things. And sometimes you gotta put shit aside and just Move the fuck on. Yeah, move the fuck on. But anyways, unfortunately, we see that Eddie's family does not show up to the sip and see, which the whole sip and see was gorgeous. Like, it's very... F- I found it really surprising. It's a very female-centric... I feel like it's a very female-centric kind of society, yes. the Nigerian culture. Hmm. And um, I thought that was really cool to, like, bring a girl into this very empowered women's sphere. And I don't know, like... No, I great agree. And I think...
0: I think Wendy's a real proponent of that too. And um, yeah, I think it was, I think it was cool. I just think it's a shame that not everybody was there to enjoy it.
1: For sure.
0: While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! it's all the extra content that
1: is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching.
0: And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search
1: for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee.
0: Or a glass of wine.
1: Whatever you choose.
0: Okay, let's get back to it. So Orange County, second episode, tons of drama.
1: Oh my gosh. I I was worried that I was going to miss Vicky and Tamara and that the show was going to kind of lose its edge. No, ma'am. It no, completely I, hasn't.
0: It hasn't. And I was thinking about this while I was watching it. I was thinking, actually, it's super, super smart of producers to ditch Tamara and Vicky because... They were so dominant, but also they were sucking the lifeblood out of Shannon. And it's so nice to see Shannon because as much as their drama, they're very one dimensional as people. And Shannon isn't. Shannon has more levels and layers. So it's nice. I think removing them has meant that we are seeing all the layers of everybody left behind.
1: For sure. I mean, I think Kelly in this episode really nails it where she's just like, you know, it's going to be interesting to see Shannon make her own relationships with everybody, like out from under the umbrella of Vicky and Tamara. And I think she's going to have to do some explaining. She's going to have to do some atoning. But I feel like we're going to see a different Shannon. Shannon's also in a very different place in her life. Like she's happy. Her business is doing you know, pretty well. She's funding it all on her own. And I feel like she's really hitting her stride after being with David for so long.
0: Yeah, I love, I have to say, I'm really happy that Shannon seems to be in a great relationship because she's a different human because of it. Because make no bones about it, her relationship with David was abusive and a kind of emotional and narcissist. He was a narcissist. He was one of those awfully insipid, nasty people that just kind of do this thing where it's really hard to prove that it's abuse because there's no bruises, but it was damaging to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, So I love seeing her in in a different place. Um, But it's really, you know, it's really Bronwyn that for me right now is a super interesting character on this show.
1: Absolutely. I think with her sobriety, we're going to see her dealing with, I mean, a lot of the issues that people who are newly sober are going through. And I think in this episode in particular, looking at her relationship with Sean and knowing how afraid she is that she's going to lose her friends because she's not drunk, fun, happy, or, you know, like drunk fun girl. Yeah. Who this has been who she's been her whole life. Like I, I totally identify. I mean, I don't identify with it to the same extent, but you can empathize. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really
0: did as well. When she said, um, she was talking, she was really struggling and at home on the bed, I think, and Sean came in and, she said, I hate that I've made this choice and now I'm stuck in it. And it's like, I f- like that really hit home because she wants to drink. She wants to drink. And I wondered like at first, I was like, maybe her doing this on TV is a really terrible idea. But actually maybe her doing this on TV is a really good idea because it it keeps holding her accountable right? Um, in a way that, you know, no other alcoholic has. Literally, if an alcoholic had cameras following them around all the time to make sure they weren't drinking, they probably wouldn't relapse as much. Well, Do you know what I, I mean?
1: mean? Yeah, because I mean, you see them at the Valentine's Day dinner, and Sean's like, "If you want to drink, just have a drink," and you mm, know, that was
0: so interesting.
1: It was. I mean, it's so like. I find it really fascinating. I'm glad she's doing this on TV, not just for her own accountability, but I think for other people to identify with this and maybe see where some relationships are probably a little bit codependent. And
0: I mean, I think this Super stuff- Super codependent. I think this also has to be
1: scary for Sean because essentially he's now going to be married to a different person.
0: And and he, interestingly, he was like, well, partly it's my fault. You know, maybe yeah. it's partly my fault. And it isn't. Like, right. it's ab- It's absolutely not his responsibility how much she drinks, even if they do it together and even if he encourages her. She's still her own agent. She still has to take responsibility for that. But his codependence has meant that this has now almost scared him. It's almost held a mirror up to him. And there's an element of, well, if she has a problem, maybe I do too because they're so connected that yeah. he can't keep that boundary up. And so... Rather than support her and accept that she's different, he's like, "You can have a drink if you want to," because then it takes the problem away for him. And I found this like absolutely fascinating because Sean is—is is it Sean? Yeah, he's—he's yeah. He's like kind of an out of the box guy. Like, I mean, we, a little I bit, we have some he's a questions. a
1: little bit of a weirdo.
0: Like, yeah, we have let's some questions about him. Yeah, but there are. I had no idea how codependent it was until I listened to that conversation and saw that happen. I thought, fuck, this is r- going to be really hard for their marriage. She's not just getting sober. This is, it's all the power to her for doing this on television. And I imagine she only did it because she had no idea how hard it was actually going to be because I don't think- A hundred percent. You, you would have done it <laughs> if you knew. No. <laughs> but, but it's- Fascinating in a really not in a gratuitous way, not like in a car crash way, but in a genuine sort of anthropological way to watch somebody go through this in such close quarters is is blowing my mind.
1: Totally, and I mean, I think a lot of what she was saying is, you know, she was afraid of losing people with her sobriety. It's really hard for her to be authentic. I mean, these are obviously these are the reasons she started drinking in the first place. Right. Yeah. And so these is- those issues never go away. They've just always been masked by her drinking. And now she's really going to have to deal with them and deal with who she is as a person. And I mean, this, this is a long period of time we're talking about of, you know, dulling a lot of shit. And it's going to be really interesting how she deals with the shit, how her family deals with the shit. I mean, cause we're also talking about there's eight kids that this impacts as well
0: so many children um it is it's going to be really interesting and i i hope that they i hope that she's in therapy i hope that they go to therapy as a couple because lord knows i hope she's not relying on her mama for some support through this. oh my
1: god can we just dr move deb
0: on? fuck you
1: fuck you
0: i am taking back everything we said about her last season yeah. we like we held her up and we were like, Dr. Deb, you are cool. You are not cool. You are blackmailing your own daughter and telling her fucking truths, which are not yours to tell. Not your story. No. Not your story. You need to keep shut your mouth your shut. your mouth. And
1: she called Tamara, of all people, who this bitch is not even on the show anymore. And I feel like we've heard more about her. In this episode, then I really even care to like, everybody just needs to leave them out of what's going on on the show. And while that may be hard, because I think there are some genuine friendships with her in this group. How dare this mom? I mean, as a mom, why would you call your friend's friend, your
0: daughter's friend, your yeah, your daughter's friend and talk this shit? I was, that shocked me. But what shocked me more was when Bronwyn told Shannon that her mom had said to her, if you don't take back what you said about me, the fact that she dragged her from pillar to post and went to boarding school and all the rest of it.
1: Yeah, and which t- is and all true.
0: It, and say it's a lie. I will tell everybody you have a drinking problem. I mean, fuck listen, you, man. Some of my parenting methods are probably questionable at the best <laughs> of times. Whose is it? But I, I can never ever imagine bringing myself i mean how can you do that to your own daughter who you know is struggling and by the way she's like got a degree in psychology
1: oh yeah it's it's a hundred percent fucking a real fucked up manipulative dynamic because here your daughter is just speaking the truth that was her that was her experience growing up and you as a mom can be like you know what i did do that shit i was under it i had no idea what i was doing I was young, whatever. Like, there, there are reasons why you did that. And they're all valid reasons, and it's fine. Own up to them. Don't fucking blackmail your kid to say none of it's true. That is so fucked. I can't even comprehend it.
0: I can't. I genuinely, like, we've seen some shitty behavior on these shows between parents and their kids. We have seen some really shitty behavior. This was... It's the worst. Shocked to me the most. Shocked me the most, hands down. It's a hundred percent the worst. So there's no, I mean, this is when it's like Bronwyn can be tricky. Like she's not always likable. Like the way that she bangs on about her house and this whole Gina thing. Yeah. You know, that, that's not the nice side of, of Bronwyn. That being said, I'm not prepared to judge Bronwyn right now because she's like eight days sober. Do you know what I mean? She's got some shit going on. And while I think we can give people a little room to, to deal with that and not get it right all the time um but Gina is her and Gina is not great and I don't like the way she throws Shannon under the bus though as well
1: who throwing who throwing Shannon
0: Bronwyn throws Shannon under the bus with Gina's house stuff
1: oh yeah I think we'll see that more next episode for sure but um No, I agree, especially after Bronwyn goes to dinner with Shannon, and Shannon is very supportive of Bronwyn not drinking, like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know how bad it was, like, I'm here to help you, I don't need a drink, like, we can do this.
0: I know, it's really difficult, and I think we're going to have to give Bronwyn a little bit of wriggle room here, but she... It is go like it's a lot. It's a lot for her to be dealing with, and also remember at this point, Gina's going after her a little bit in the you know because she's heard that she's talking shit. Gina doesn't know that no. Bronwyn's struggling with this. Nobody knows at this point except Emily and Shannon. Um, and Emily keeps it quiet. I didn't love Emily in this episode either. I felt like Emily was kind of um, mixing some shit too. She was very quick to be telling Gina what was being said. And I know that there's a friendship thing, but I didn't feel it was like, listen, I'm just giving you a heads up on this. I felt oh. I was done with a little bit of a, hee hee he, hee, I'm going to tell you this. Well, I face.
1: mean, I I think, I think you're right. But I also think if you look at what like Gina or what Emily's been put through the past few seasons on this episode by everybody, like by the majority of women, they have not been super nice to her. They've been pretty shitty to her other than Gina. Um, And I think like when we see them at the lunch, it is a super drunky lunch, which I loved. It reminded me of ours um, without the like calling people and shouting. Yeah, we definitely need another one. I don't think we've ever gotten fights with people over the phone at our drunken luncheons getting pubs no to sing is more our style than anything else.
0: <laughs> but, um, was it Bon Jovi? <laughs> huh?
1: That was Bon was Jovi. It bon
0: Jovi. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a, that was a fun time.
1: That was the best lunch ever. But um, anyways, I, I think she probably, she was a little, like she was a little bit drunk and I think things probably came out a little bit more devious than they probably would have if she was sober. But I did like Emily standing up for Gina. Like, look, she's done this on her own she's not getting any support like how dare you talk shit about her condo like that's not cool yeah and i did like her for standing up for gina that way
0: i did too and i think that, that i think emily has always been very serious about her friendship with gina and i think that's the only friendship that really emily cares about at all so yeah. to see her stand up for gina was nice and she's right like i don't know why gina's not getting any spousal support or child support but well that's i think not f-
1: it's I think it's more the cr- criminal issues surrounding her husband at the moment, right? I think that I mean, shit has to be figured out before they can figure out support. But, but as I a do think good that, um, human man, go he should just be giving her money to take care of their three children.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like you shouldn't need a court to tell you to provide for your kids. But no, I, I mean, who but unfortunately,
1: that seems to be what has to happen.
0: Apparently so, uh, but. I think that this is, I think the problem's going to happen that there's this sort of tattletaling, which as much as it is unkind for them to do it, it's not that big of a deal that people are actually bitching about your house. Like, you know, it's not that big. Who cares? But this is all going to get tied up in Bronwyn's recovery and the fact that she's keeping this massive secret and really struggling. And we know it's going to explode. We're going to see it explode because I think we see Gina, like, say something really off, which is like, you're always sloppy and drunk and then Bronwyn kicks off. So it's yeah. going to be so interesting to see how this develops.
1: And I can see both sides because to be frank, Bronwyn has been. Yeah. And if she you don't has. know that she's now sober and in recovery, like how can you then be accountable? Do you know what I'm saying? like, how can you be accountable for calling her out on what she is in all sense of the words? I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see next week if I feel the same way about it or not. Like obviously I've never gone through anything like that. So I don't know like how comfortable, you know, she obviously needs to be to share her story with people and speak her truth. In some ways I feel like, well, if you're going to tell some, you should just tell everybody in the group. And that way nobody says mean shit because they wouldn't if they knew. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think her mum's forced her hand now. Hasn't she? Like she's going to have to say it because two people know. And if two people know, then literally everybody's going to know. Right. Um, So I think that that's, that's definitely going to happen. I just feel bad for her that it didn't happen on her terms and, um, you know, God, this yeah. has got to be pain. It's got to be painful for for her. sure.
1: I mean, obviously. Yeah. And I mean, obviously she told Emily on her own terms and that went really well. And I think Emily's a great friend because Emily's not telling everybody about her being sober. Like Emily didn't even tell Gina. So, I mean, no. like, I think there's some integrity to Emily that I think a lot of people don't have. Um, and I hope when Bronwyn, cause I feel like eventually she will tell pe- the rest of the people on the show. Um, I hope that it's kind of received. Well, I don't know.
0: I, I, I feel it might be, but we'll see. I'm excited yeah. to see it. I think it's nice to have a, st- I mean, I know it's not a storyline. I know it's her life, but I think in these kinds of shows, it's really refreshing to have a storyline that is human rather yeah. than just fighting and throwing and all the rest of it. And, you know, I'm not sure that that's, that Bronwyn would feel the same way because Lord knows it's probably very difficult, but it is nice to be able to see real life struggle. And it kind of doesn't matter how big the house, it doesn't matter. She's got 8,000 feet. It doesn't matter that she's got, you know, whatever it is. We're seeing a very human side that, you know, money doesn't mitigate. So it's, it's it's interesting. It
1: doesn't make you less insecure or, you know, less vulnerable to these issues in life. These are universal issues that yeah. money doesn't make a difference
0: with. Um, before we move on to the Kardashians, let's just have a quick chat about the new girl. A little, How are we feeling about Elizabeth this week?
1: Yeah, um, I like Elizabeth. I felt like Bronwyn, like to Sean, obviously not to the other girls, was a little rough about her talking about her alcoholic dad. Again, she doesn't know you're struggling with alcoholism and, you know, she's just being real in who she is, so... You know, you got to take it for what it is. But I think I think Elizabeth is going to be way more interesting than I thought she was.
0: I think you're right. I, th- I think she is going to bring a slightly different edge to the show. I mean, a slightly different edge to the show. Yeah. I'm glad that she's not just a, another shouty wife that's married to a rich man. Like, I'm excited about that. Um, So we'll see how she goes. I really warm to her a little bit more this- because the way that she was talking about her dad is kind of the way that I would discuss that stuff. And obviously it was mega awkward watching because we knew. um, But that's kind of how I would deal with it, sort of make a joke about it and be blasé and a bit in your face about it. Right. So I really sort of warmed to her on that. But...
1: I also like to see her with her family, like see her with her niece. And like, there's definitely a very... Family oriented, caring side to her. I mean, they were out for like weeks.
0: Well, and I also really like that she's not one of these wives that seems to need to always be dressed up and looking fabulous all the time. Like we see her in slops. I mean, I know that they're like expensive. They're fancy slops. But But she's not always got makeup on and she's not you know, overdoing the whole thing. Yeah. So I am here to say at the moment, I feel like she's a little bit more real and down to earth than a lot of the other Orange County women that we've seen. But who knows? She could surprise me.
1: For sure. I mean, I think her background is really interesting as well. Like her father is like a traveling preacher who is uh, who is also an alcoholic. So they moved around a lot. They were, they were pretty broke. And, you know, I think she comes from a di- very different background than a lot of these women. So I think that m- just inwardly just makes her different
0: yeah no i agree um let's move on to the kardashians which was kind of a funny one because it was just a special on kim's 40th
1: yeah i um, i didn't know if it was really part of the keeping up with the kardashians show or just a show on e so at first i wasn't going to watch it but i'm glad i did um i mean it is just all about kim's 40th birthday party Um, but we were talking in the pre-production meeting how we were both like really teary, (laughs) embarrassingly teary over this episode and why that was, was.
0: (laughs) it was so weird because I was like, this episode was a bit meh. I mean, it's great to see them do all this stuff and all the rest of it and all of that. And I always appreciate, I always love that they go out of their way to really surprise each other and, And I know we sort of had this chat earlier that it's like some people will say, well, it's really easy to do when you've got a ton of money. Yes. I mean, it's easy to do big, glitzy, fancy things when you have a ton of money. But actually, I think we could all probably do little special things that don't have to cost loads of money to make people feel the way that they do go out of their way to make each other feel. Um, and, And
1: actually, like, there was a lot of thought that went into this 40th birthday, like, a million years of recorded video to find yeah. this other special birthday parties and gra- like really get the gist of the feeling. And yeah. that's what I thought was so touching about this birthday party because it had her dad's voice in it. And it was just all of these clips. When
0: she got out of that car. On her own. This is when it started. When she got out of that car on her own, and there yep. were those, I'm going to cry now, and there were those two horses there, and her dad's voice, I'm literally weeping, and her dad's voice just like boomed yeah. out across. I was just thought, oh God, well, I can't and you know even. How,
1: and we all know watching the show how, how close she was to her dad as well. I mean, yes, like walking into this major studio with these ponies and whatever does take a lot of money, but it's the thought like for me it yeah. was the feelings invoked by this birthday party were just super fucking caring and you know it it kind of made me like you know i i need to take more videos of my kids like i used to be a lot better about it when i had one definitely with number 2 it's dropped off but like i think what Kim says it really well in the show where she's just like, because I have all of these pictures and all of these videos, and then she's got her entire 20s to 40s documented by TV, her memories and her feelings associated with those memories are so strong because they've always been around. And I think we could do that for our kids more. Like, I mean, I know we've got social media and all that, but I think it can be done in a more caring way and actually that shit matters growing up it matters to see videos and pictures of yourself when you're little and your family.
0: Well it really does and I had thoughts about this too because obviously I document a lot like I'm always taking pictures and I'm always taking videos and some of those end up on social media and, and most of them don't. Yeah. And there was part of me that was like high-fiving my bad self and that doesn't happen very often when yeah. you're parent. but like I was like See, Jimmy gets really annoyed that I take all these pictures all the time that I'm always filming the kids. But, like, actually, they're going to look back on that and be like, thanks, mum. Or they might not care, but they're not yeah. going to be mad I did it. Do you right, know what I mean? Right, They'll they never be, be without it. They mad I didn't do it. Yeah. But they're not going to be mad I did it, even if they're not that bothered. But I think they will be bothered. And I will love when they're 18 or 21 or getting married to be able to go back through all of these clips and slice them together and do fun stuff with them. And so there was part of me that was like, I know that this is a good thing to do. And yeah. watching the cakes all being completely replicated as they were. And all of that stuff was... it se- I mean, it set me off on a kind of parent-kids oh, future. Yeah. And then I was like, then I'm going to die and they're going to be without <laughs> me and the only thing they're going to have are the videos that I talk and it's just too much.
1: Well, and I think as viewers... Uh, viewers of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, you can sometimes forget that this is a real family. Like, because it is such a powerhouse. And I think when I was listening to, like, Chris give the speech, it's just like, this is a family. Yeah. This is a woman who has a bajillion kids and she's set them up for such successes, but she's still their fucking mom.
0: Yeah. And it's... You can really connect on that level with her. And I know that they're... Awful in a lot of ways, and I know that they're, you know, they're so extra consumers <laughs> and extra and all of that. And I know that they stand for, they represent a lot of what's wrong with the world f- for a lot of people. I understand that, but if you take all of that away, they are actually just a really big close family. Yeah, and this was kind of a moment where, yes, it was glitzy and glam, but actually it was about family and it was about friends and it what there weren't hundreds of thousands. Of course, COVID took that away. So maybe they have been, but it just felt like a really special moment to watch. And I think it was the specialness of it that had me weeping like a fucking baby.
1: Oh, totally. I mean, I did think they could have sent someone to help her out with the kids.
0: That yeah. kind of bothered me. I was like,
1: what the fuck? Like, why, why aren't there nannies there? Like, why is she having to watch all the kids while she's
0: getting ready for this work event? That would have <laughs> driven me batshit. And oh. also when she was like... Kanye wrote back, it's like, I'm just driving around it. I didn't click that. He was like making an excuse. Cause he was actually at the party. I was like, of course, Kanye is fucking driving around. Like, I would
1: have lost my shit. If my husband was like, Oh, sorry. I just decided to take a drive. I would be like, beep. Like all the expletives would be coming out. being like, I'm trying to get ready for a work thing. And you're just taking a fucking drive. Get your ass back to the house or <laughs> send somebody to watch these children. <laughs> So I thought I mean, there was there a bit
0: of a misstep people. there. There was like, a, they've there's got a jillion people, the people there. Like, why couldn't somebody else watch the kid? I know, but this is the thing. Like, as much as you think you hate Kim and, and as much as you yeah. think that they don't like fucking cat, I do think they're good parents. And I don't think that the kind of parents that are like, keep the kids away from me. You know, I think if they're in the house and the kids are there and they're getting ready, then they're there. And yeah, anyway, it was, listen, it was an episode. It was right. fine. I'm excited to get back to COVID next week.
1: Yeah, so next week, the episode, I think, is really focused on COVID um, and, and should be interesting because it's, again, it's fascinating watching where we all were at that point of the pandemic.
0: Fascinating. Um, is that us done? That's us done, guys. I um, always, as always, want to thank you for taking the time to listen to us because it does mean a lot to us. Um, you know, tell your friends absolutely yeah do all of that we're stuff. here
1: we're here we're every here. week <laughs>
0: we are every single week come hello, high water so do tell everybody that we're here share it and um once again thank you very much for tuning in and remember smart people watch reality tv too bye-bye bye Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.